Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to Turning Point Church Online Only. Can you believe this is the ninth Sunday? It's hard for me to believe. Over two months now, we have not been able to meet together, and we've been able to, but we have been able to come to you this way, which I think is fantastic. And we're getting all kinds of good feedback. Thousands of people have been watching. And uh, so whether you're in your home, your office, it's the 9 o'clock, 10.30 or noon, we welcome you to the uh, this Mother's Day Sunday. And I want to congratulate all you moms. And of course, I am going to be bringing a Mother's Day message in just a moment. But let me bring you up to speed where we are as far as meeting together. Well, I don't know when we're going to be able to meet together. But I do know that May 18th, Governor Abbott is going to come out with another announcement And we're really kind of gauging everything from that based on what he says. We will then, no doubt, be able to tell you something more uh, substantive about when exactly we can meet again. We're hoping for early June. I don't think we're going anywhere past mid-June. That's sure where my faith is, but I'm hoping for May 30th, uh, June 7th. Now, don't write that down because we don't know. I'm just letting you know where my, where my hope is. But after May 18th, we will be coming to you, I think, with something more solid. So with that said, I want to talk to you today about a mother's influence, all right? And I'm going to be reading out of 2 Timothy 1, verses 1 to 5, and we're going to read about two moms. One is a grandmother, another is a mother, and um, it's the mother's grandmother, or it's the mother's mother, And it's a young man's grandmother, and I know I'm confusing you because I'm confusing me. So let me just jump right in to 2 Timothy 1, verse 1, and let's look at what Paul, this is Paul's last letter to young Timothy, and he's opening up with this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. Then 2 Timothy 1, verse 2. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from the God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. What a gift that is. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Verse 4, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Now, verse 5 is very pertinent. So watch verse 5 now, 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and then in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. That is so loaded with truth and power. And let me just First of all, say it is Mother's Day, and I'm aware that this is a difficult time for some of you. Some of you, even if we have been able to meet, you may not have come because Mother's Day, rather than being a time of celebration, uh, brings some pain to you. Maybe you've wanted to be a mother, and you haven't been able to be one, and so this 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 hurts. I know some precious women who who are in that boat, or perhaps some of you have not had the best mother and when you think of mothers, it brings pain to you because of the experiences you had with your, your own mother. Um, and some of you have had a mother that died. And, and this Mother's Day, it's hard for you to rejoice because you're still hurting over the death of your own mom. 
uh, and some of you um, have lost a child to death, and you're a mom, but you lost your baby, or you lost your children as they grew up, and, and Mother's Day really, really brings some pain to you. And I and I get that. I listen. We're not supposed to bury our children. Our children are supposed to bury us. And so I, my heart goes out to you, and, and I hope that today's message encourages you. And you know what? A lot of you are flying solo as a single mom. And I want to talk to you, not exclusively, but a lot today. If you're flying solo as a, a single mom and you're raising you know, your kiddos with no dad in the house, no man in the house, and so you're feeling like you've got double the trouble and you're having to do all of this on your own, I want to encourage you today, all of you moms, whatever bracket of motherhood you're in, I want to encourage you with the fact that Jesus Christ is with you. He's with you to grace you and to help you to raise your children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And and, uh, that said, I want to introduce you to a young woman from Scripture named Eunice. She was raised in a religious home and was greatly impacted by her mother, Lois. She loved to learn the stories from the Bible when she was young, and she enjoyed going to services where she could learn about God. As she approached her teenage years, she was still focused on spiritual matters, but she became attracted to a young man who was not into religion at all. And against the best wishes of her godly mother, the teaching of her faith, and even the tug of her own conscience, Eunice married the man. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong. He wasn't a bad man. He just wasn't a religious man. He was not a God-fearing man, but he was a nice guy. After a couple of years of marriage, Eunice and her husband had a baby boy they named Timothy. And as time passed, Eunice's dad died, so they asked her mother, Lois, to come and live with them. Now, meanwhile, little Timmy was a delight to everyone. Both his mother and grandmother spent hours with him, we know this, by the authority of the Word of God, teaching him the stories of the Old Testament, praying with him and praying for him, and training little Timmy up in the things of God. And while they didn't have any VeggieTale videos and they had no children's ministry, no church down the road, they created a spiritual environment where young Timmy could flourish. And then one day, a preacher named Paul came to their town of Lystra and spoke about a man named Jesus. And both Lois and Eunice were absolutely entranced. It tugged on their heartstrings. They listened intensely to this man named Paul, and they saw in Jesus, because they knew the the Old Testament scriptures so well, they saw in Jesus the fulfillment of all the promises in the Old Testament, and they placed their trust in him and were gloriously saved. Again, we know this by the authority of the word of God. These two women, Lois and Eunice, in turn, focused on teaching Timothy all about who Jesus was. They told the young man who had been trained in the Old Testament scriptures how Jesus was hung on a cross, how he bled and died for his sins, and how he was risen from the dead. And now he was seated on the right hand of God the Father and making intercession for all of those who called on him in faith. And young Timothy listened to them and finally gave his own heart 
to Jesus Christ, not only based on the teaching of Eunice and Lois, but also because Paul himself reached out to him. And you know what? Before long, Paul became interested in him, not only as a young man of God, but as somebody who would travel with him in ministry. As a matter of fact, Paul and Timothy partnered together, Timothy replacing John Mark. Now, later, many years later, Timothy has become a pastor. He's a man of God. Paul loves him as his own son. And uh, Paul is put into prison for the last time. And when Paul knows that his time is short, he thought of one person to write to, one person to contact. And he wrote two letters to young Timothy. One and two Timothy is what we know them as. And uh, in those two letters, Paul teaches all kinds of things about pastoring and how to behave yourself as a man of God and so on and so forth. But in 2 Timothy, Paul begins to reminisce and he goes back and he begins thinking about the roots of young Timothy's faith. And I want you to pay close attention to this because this is where I want to go tonight or rather today, tonight. I've got Wednesdays and Sundays all mixed up and I'll bet you have been experiencing the same thing. Have you had to look at your watch to see what day it was? I have, but I digress. Listen to what Paul wrote about young Timothy writing to Timothy. He takes him back down memory lane And he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded, now lives in you also. How powerful is that? Now, with that as a backdrop, I want to lift out three different passages of Scripture, two of them from 2 Timothy. And I want to show you how a mother and a grandmother can make a significant impact on the life of a child. And I'm going to say this, and I want to be careful with what I say, but watch this now. I want you to catch, especially you single mothers, I want you to be encouraged how Lois and Eunice were able to raise this dynamic young man of God up in the faith without the help of a father. Now, I'm all for fathers. I'm a father. We have a a, a strong men's ministry in Turning Point Church, Man Church, and Kingdom Men. We believe in men taking the place they ought to take in the home. But see, Lois and Eunice raised young Timothy without a spiritual man helping them. And so I want to encourage the single moms that you can do the same thing. And I think what I'm about to share will, will encourage you to do so. So notice how, first of all, Lois and Eunice taught young Timothy a respect for the word of God. The first way a mother can influence her children, I believe, is by giving them a respect for the word of God. You know, my kids are grown now, but I still tell them all the time, the Bible is the very word of God. The Bible's not like any other book in all the world. The Bible is the God-breathed, God-inspired, inerrant, Word of God. The Bible is God's Word. 39 Old Testament books, 27 New Testament books, 66 books altogether. The Bible is a great big love book written to you and me. It tells us about God's plan for the human race, God's plan for us, His plan of salvation. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus Christ. And these two women, Eunice and Lois, 
raised young Timothy to have a respect, even before he knew Jesus. They gave him a respect for the Old Testament scriptures. They taught him all about Abraham, Moses, David. They taught him the incredible Bible stories about Samson and Samuel and and all the heroes of the faith and the great dramatic stories of the Old Testament. They, 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 They sowed that into young Timothy's fertile mind. And he was taught a respect and to, to honor the word of God. We see in 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, Paul reminds Timothy that everybody who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Two verses later, he urges Timothy to hang tough when the going gets tough and to remember what he had learned from the Bible. He was always turning Timothy to the word of God. And folks, if I could do, listen, I've been a pastor a long time and I want to tell you the greatest compliment you could ever tell me, it would be two things. Pastor Jeff led me into the word of God and Pastor Jeff led me into prayer. If I did those two things, I've succeeded. I led you into the word of God and, and, and going to the word of God, you encountered Jesus Christ. And then I, we, I led you into prayer. Those two things are the passion of my life. And so notice how Paul says to Timothy, but as for you, Timothy, in tough times, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. He's telling him in times of persecution, tough times like we're experiencing right now with this whole coronavirus mess. I will say to you what Paul said to Timothy As for you, church, as for you, Turning Point, and if you're not a member of Turning Point, but you're a believer in Christ, I still say, as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of. What are you convinced of? I pray that you're convinced the Bible is the word of God. I pray you're convinced that Jesus Christ is God's only begotten son. I pray that you're convinced he died on a cross for you and then rose from the dead. I pray that you're convinced of that. And and notice what he tags it with, because you know those from whom you learned it. Well, who's the those from whom he learned the word? It was two moms. It was Lois and it was Eunice. Grandma and mom had taught him the word of God. And now here comes Paul to continue to add on to what they've already taught him. And Paul says, son in the faith. Continue in what they taught you because they taught you the word of God. Look at the impact of these two women. How a mother's influence, a grandmother's influence. 2 Timothy 3.15 tells us they both taught him the word of God early on. Look what Paul goes on to say. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Look how early on they began to teach him. Moms, listen to this, and this ought to be an encouragement to every children's director. Because look what he says. The word infant here is from a Greek word literally meaning a babe, a baby, a toddler, a very young child. That's what the Greek word means that he used. And Paul knew exactly what he was doing, moved by the Holy Ghost. So he's letting us know, when did Lois and Eunice begin to teach Timothy the word of God almost before he could crawl? They were pouring into him the word of God. 
That's why here at Turning Point, the children's ministry, I can tell you Pastor Ray and his children's team, what, we, we don't get in there and babysit. No, we teach those young children. When they're barely able to crawl, we are teaching them, speaking over them, speaking into them the word of God. And it ought to encourage us that Timothy, as a young babe, was able to, to assimilate the word of God. It's never too early to start training a child in the things of God because the word of God is supernatural. It goes down into their spirits. I am convinced it goes into fertile soil. I'm going to take it even further. I would speak the word of God over that child when he's still in the womb because I can tell you that when Mary, who was six months pregnant with Jesus, no, I'm sorry, it was Elizabeth was six months pregnant and Mary was carrying the Christ child when she went to visit Elizabeth six months pregnant. So she was in her third trimester. When Mary spoke, it says the babe, John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy and responded to the voice of the mother of his savior. So that's why I cringe and I hurt when I hear babies being aborted and this whole horrible nightmare thing that we've been doing in America, saying that now you can abort them in the third trimester. When I see that John the Baptist was able to respond to the word of God in the third trimester in his mother's womb. But the point is, I would speak the word of God over that child in the womb because the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, and it discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. And I believe even a child in the womb can be touched by the word of God. So notice this, Lois and Eunice, they were like a dynamic duo that brought a high-powered Bible study continuously to young Timothy. Oh, folks, this touches me. Moms, this touches me. I hope this encourages you. And I hear some of you thinking right now, well, Jeff, I'm too late because my kids are teenagers now and I didn't do this when they were younger. No, no, no. Listen, start now and teach a respect for the word of God uh, because that's exactly what Lois and Eunice did. Samson, Samuel, David, Ruth, Abraham, Noah, all these Old Testament names became very familiar to this young man. And once they had been saved, they taught Jesus to him. They brought Jesus to him until, watch this, he became assured. He became convinced it was true. If you had met him later in life, he would have quoted something like this to you. He would have told you, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's what he would have told you because that's what he had become assured of. And I pray that you're assured of the same thing I am. I am absolutely assured of the truth of scripture, the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of his coming once, and I'm assured of the truth of his coming again. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow, coronavirus or no. Amen. Give the Lord a hand right where you are. So you see, here's the deal. Lois and Eunice were literally obeying the commands of Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, where God commanded his people in the old covenant, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. 
talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road, drive along the road where we're concerned, when you lie down and when you get up, talk about the Word of God. Make the Word of God famous in your home. That's the, that was the command of God to the Old Covenant people, and it was carried over into the New Covenant for you and me. So these two mothers had internalized the truths of Scripture, and that's how they were able to pass it on to young Timothy. And young Timothy grabbed it and ran with it, and his whole life was steered in the direction of becoming a mighty servant of God by what they sowed into him. Now, secondly, Lois and Eunice instilled in Timothy an authentic faith, an authentic faith. Authentic actually means unhypocritical. That's what it means. We see in uh, 2 Timothy verse, chapter 1, verse 5, listen carefully. I have been reminded of your sincere faith. So Paul gives Timothy's faith an adjective. He calls it sincere. So he describes his faith as being sincere, which first, watch this now, first lived in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Now, what I want you to catch here is look how godly character was passed through three generations. You have Lois, the grandmother. Her, her faith was sincere. It was unhypocritical. She meant what she said, said what she meant. She walked the talk. All right? So it was sincere. It wasn't perfect. She was not perfect. She wasn't without flaws, like all of us, but she was sincere. She meant it. She was really seeking God. She really tried to walk the way Christ taught. And so it went from Lois then to Eunice. Eunice got the same sincere faith. And then Eunice passed it on to young Timothy. Wow, that's powerful. I'm thinking of a relay race. And you know how the runners do. One of them starts out, and when they get to a certain marker, they hand the baton off to somebody that's standing there waiting, and he begins running. And then he reaches the marker, and then he gives it to somebody else, and they begin running. And it ought to be the same way with faith in Christian homes. Mom and dad have the baton. They pass it on to the kids. They run with it. They pass it on to their kids. And that's the way the faith is spread. So these two women were serious, and Timothy got it. A genuine, real, authentic, heartfelt faith lived in Lois and Eunice first. And then they passed it on to their young son and grandson. These two mothers were way more concerned, folks, with Timothy's soul than whether he wore designer clothes. His eternal life than his success in this life. His relationship with Jesus rather than his popularity in the world, his standing before God above his social standing, his spirituality was above, in their minds, his intellectual and athletic accomplishments. Jesus was number one to them, and they bequeathed that to him, and God honored their commitment. And finally, listen, here's where I've been going, and and, and this is really important, because look what they did, look what they did, they passed the baton on. Sincere faith, Timothy gets it. He's traveling with Paul, but before he traveled with Paul, they had bequeathed to him a desire to minister. A desire to minister. We read in Acts 16, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived. Here's where Paul encountered Timothy, whose mother was Jewish, I already told you about that, and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. There you go. 
And verse 2, the believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of him. That is Timothy. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. Paul spotted spiritual quality instantly. Now, I want you to notice that Timothy wasn't just called a Christian. The, the Spirit of God put it in the Word of God that he was called a disciple. Not just a Christian. He was a sold-out, committed disciple. Secondly, he was well-spoken of. He had a great reputation as a true, honest, sincere Christian. And third, here's the deal. He was available for God's work. The Bible says that Paul gave Timothy the very high honor of becoming his special assistant in the place of John Mark. Can you imagine being tapped to be Paul, the apostle's right-hand man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the great and mighty in, in, in the spirit of God, the apostle Paul? the most profound intellect and the most profound spiritual man to walk the planet in his day. And look how Lois and Eunice's hard work paid off. They raised him in the scriptures. They taught him respect for the word of God. They taught him to have sincere, unhypocritical faith. Paul spots him, takes him along, and young Timothy stepped into history. And his name was put in the eternal word of God. Paul later is going to refer to him as his beloved son in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 17. In 1 Timothy 1, verse 2, he calls him his own son in the faith. In Philippians 2, 20, he gives him the highest compliment I can imagine. He said, I can't think of anybody like Timothy. Another version says, I have no one like him. I don't have anybody else like him who takes a genuine interest in your, the church's, welfare. There's nobody like him on the planet. Of all the people that Paul knew, and he knew thousands of people, he said, I've got nobody like Timothy. And don't you know that, that Lois and Eunice were in the background smiling, so happy that they gave him a respect for the word of God as mom and grandmother. They gave him a sincere faith. They said, Timothy, live it. If you talk it, live it. And he was tapped by the greatest man of God on the planet. And he was available for the work of God. See, the two things they taught him, and here's what I want to close with. Keep this in mind, Mom. The two things they taught him, respect the word of God and have sincere faith, prepared him for ministry. It made him a choice vessel for ministry. And this young Timothy went out and touched the world. He became a pastor. And it's always touched me that, you read the last chapter of 2 Timothy, Paul knows, I'm about to be beheaded. Spirit of God had already revealed to him he was about to go home. He writes Timothy, no one else. Listen, Timothy. He wrote Timothy. And he said, come before winter. Bring me the parchments. Bring me my cloak. Bring me my books. Timothy Come while you can, because at wintertime, you may not make it. In the cold, you may not make it on time. Timothy, I'm not long for this world. And of all the people I could want to see, son, I want to see you. I want to see you one more time. I want to talk to you, pray with you, teach you. This choice young man, without a spiritual father, raised by grandmother Lois, Mother Eunice became an exemplary man of God who was 
the man Paul wanted to see before he went home. Moms, I want to just encourage you. I know you, listen, you've got, my kids have broken my heart at times. Well, many times. I don't say that bad to criticize them. I broke my parents' hearts. Um, I'm a dad. I know what it is to have kids and to have them stray and drift and not live the way you want. And I know sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes you just feel like, how in the world can I continue? What are my options? What can I do? Well, I can at least leave you with two things. Even if they don't receive it, show them your respect for the word of God. Hold it up and show them a sincere faith. If you, if you talk it, walk it. Walk it in front of them. Let them see you pray. Let them see you go to church. Let them see you live for God. Because I guarantee you, the word of God, like a mighty seed, is going down into their soul's soil. And it will one day come up and bring forth fruit. I believe a praying mother is the most powerful force in all the earth. So I leave you with this message. And I pray you walk away with it. Respect for the word of God a sincere faith, and availability for ministry. Let me pray for you. If you're a mom, go ahead and just bow with me. Let me speak a blessing on you. Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, I thank you for the mothers of this church. And any mom listening, whether or not they're in this church, Lord, it's a hard task. Lord, it's an impossible task without the help of Jesus. But we learn, Lord, from Lois and Eunice, that it can be done. And I pray for every mom watching, every mom listening, that you will grace us with power, with wisdom, with knowledge, with understanding, with infinite patience. The Lord, you will help us to raise our children, pray for our children, not give up on our children, no matter where they end up, what they do. Lord, I know for a fact the most powerful prayer in the world is the prayer of a mom for their children. Father, we give to you the children of every mother watching. Touch them, convict them, draw them. May they walk with Jesus Christ. Lord, strengthen the moms with great fortitude. And thank you, Lord, for this powerful lesson from the word of God. And I pray a blessing on every one of them. And thank you for the assurance of the word of God living in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, moms, thank you. And then all of you, not moms, thank you for watching. And I hope this encouraged you because all that I taught, hey, dads, it's true for you. And all moms-to-be and dads-to-be, I hope you remember this because this is how you raise children. Amen. Well, don't forget, Wednesday night, we're going to be finishing the book of Hebrews. Can you believe it? We're on Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to wrap it up this Wednesday night. And don't forget to keep praying that this time apart comes to a close, because I so miss you. Cindy misses you. All the church staff misses you. We can't wait to gather again with you, and we're looking forward to that. I believe that's going to be one explosive Sunday. So until then, God bless you. I'll see you Wednesday night. No, we're praying for you, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.